Greetings, this is Bob Ponderelli, co-host with Mike Sherrick of Into the Gap Radio, which airs Saturday afternoons at 1 o'clock Central on 1590 AM and 95.9 FM Chicago. This is the podcast version of our show where you'll get highlights of our most recent episode. We also do an Into the Gap unfiltered podcast, and I'll have more details about that later in the episode. Okay, let's get started. Here's my co-host, Mike Sherrick. How you yeah, doing, man? I'm good. I'm just committed that the show is going to just come out like al dente. You know what that is, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah a little chewy. Not exactly. Yeah, exactly. Not, not not undercooked, so that you got stuff sticking. But, exactly. And not limp. Right. Just it's, nice. Just nice. Yeah. Exactly. Chewy, flavorful. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the theme of the show today is uh, what we're going to be talking about and what we're framing the show. And really, when we have these these themes, are really a framework in which we look at everything from is uh, sense of humor. Since <laughs> I started looking for sense of humor this week. Not too much of it out there, right? <laughs> so this will be Correct. interesting, especially when we get into the documentation of existing conditions, yes. which I would like to begin with, okay? Okay. I want to give a big shout out yes. to Governor Fatbottom. Oh, boy. Okay? Governor Lumpy. Okie dokie. Governor Douchey, right? Oh. So I was able, I was Ouch. granted the opportunity yeah. to spend $4.26.9 per gallon today. Yes. When I pumped it into my lovely Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. Right? $4.26. Thank you so much, Governor Pritzker. And the best part about it is, is that every time you pay that price, mm-hmm. you're doing your part. I'm doing my part, baby. You're yep. doing your part to honor... The corruption an, of Illinois? An ideal... So. <laughs> no, not <laughs> no. at all. An ideological future. Uh-huh. That we, although we may not get there now, yeah. and I don't mean to misquote uh, MLK, okay, but that's pretty much the game plan. Really? In other words, well, you get people cooperating with what might be untenable by. Get, this is my own personal theory, but uh-huh. I'm just throwing it out there. You get people to cooperate with may not with what may not be short or long term or medium term, you know, functional or feasible or workable. Yeah, or workable by saying, you know what, you're doing it because you're a good guy. But you're a good guy. It serves a you, higher purpose. You're saving the planet. Yeah, yeah. You're, you know, honoring yeah. your ancestors, which are none, none of those are bad things, but, you know. What I realized yeah. while you were having a meeting before we got started, so yes. I started doing some math. So $4.26.9 per gallon works out to be mm-hmm. 26.666 cents per ounce. Okay. When I was a kid, my dad worked at a Sinclair gas station and I remember gas being 27 cents a gallon. Right. Right. Yeah. So we've gone 16 times right. in my lifetime Right. the cost of gas. Thank you very much. But doesn't the gas price or doesn't the gas tax have something to do with the environment and the impact on the I environment think, of I, people I, driving their cars I actually think what they're supposed to do, what they're supposed to use this gas tax for is to make sure the road construction, the roads are in great shape. So that's the intention behind it. But we'll but see what happens. But that was the reason for tolls. I know. And that, how did that work out? We live in Illinois. Oh, which by the way, did you notice Michael Madigan's getting sued and his defense is that corruption is just part of the game. It's not a problem. Is that what he said? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't hear that one. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, they were talking about Jerry rigging and all this other stuff, jerrymandering and all this other yeah. stuff. Yeah. So just to just dive right in for a second yeah. here, you know, we were talking before the show on, you know, we were having a hard time finding funny stuff, quote unquote, during the week because the top story of the week was Jeffrey Epstein. Was Jeffrey Epstein? The sexual traffic, not so much as that funny. No, there's really no humor. Oh, I there. can make humor out of it, but I'm going to offend well, everyone. But there, I mean, there, well, listen, I'm, anything with sex is funny, right? Yeah. But 
not with little girls and young girls. We should alert people to an upcoming uh, podcast that we're going to be doing shortly, and maybe even a series of them mm-hmm. regarding aspects of that of that yeah. case, quote yeah. unquote. Um, <laughs> yeah, that are not pretty to start looking at. I mean, to talk about or to look at because as individuals, well, and it's really something's going on there. It, it really is, you know. The, the thing we're going to get in a podcast, not today with it, is is really a deeper dive on responsibility by men, mm-hmm. especially. Like, where where are men being responsible? Where are they not being responsible? Where they've lost sight of the responsibility? Where's responsibility gotten blind to them? Right. And where can we all kind of take a look in the mirror as to how are we contributing to a world right. where, you know, something like sex tra- trafficking or what Jeffrey Epstein does or Bill Clinton going to the island, a documented 26 times. Without ever knowing. Yeah. That anything funky was going on. No, no. He, of course, he never knew. And he never right, knew. Yeah. Right. He just likes, you know what? The, I've been to Bahamas. It's it's a lovely place, right? The weather's nice. <laughs> What's fascinating is the relationship that we all have to lying now. Because oh. there's so many people lying full yeah. time. And I'm not, I, by the way, yeah. I, I have no doubt that the president has pulled some serious, you know, tricks with lying. Which for, president? The current The one? current president. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't really follow the depth to which, because there's so many people yeah. who are way better liars than him at this yeah. point that I'm still dealing with from <laughs> Epstein to Clinton and all yeah. this other yeah. stuff that he kind of pales in comparison just for now. Yeah. It's kind of obvious um, when he's lying too. Yeah. So that's not really lying. Right. Right. Yeah. He's just bending truth a little he's just, bit. He's talking noise. Yeah. It, there's a word that starts with B and ends in right. T. Yes. Right. So here I'll throw out a couple of uh yeah, you got some no- you got some news. So here's here's one. This is kind of this is pretty good. So the American Psychological Association mm-hmm. has created a task force mm-hmm. to normalize poly polyam- polyamory. Yeah. Or in other words, you know uh, what that is? multiple yeah. sexual partners. Yeah, you can just go have sex with whoever you want. Or or marry yeah. m- have 12 wives. Well, uh, you don't even have to make them. The worse. AP has now formulated a task force to study polyamory. 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 Thank yeah. you. In hopes of removing the stigma, quote unquote, oh, associated st- with it. Well, we we want people to feel good and have and have been, even given the lifestyle's <laughs> own politically correct term called consensual, consensual non-monogamy. Uh, monogamy. Consensual non-monogamy. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. A, the Division Forty Four <laughs> Task Force. It's a, it has a name for it. That's awesome. Yeah. One with Division Forty Four. See, this is, um, this is what I'm loving about the progressive agenda. I, I, what I love is every- There you go. You're going to go political now. I know. Go ahead. Know. You went there. You might as well keep going. You know, it's funny. Now. I was having a conversation with my brother. And, yep. and, and my brother goes, you know, you make me nuts there. Because my brother's kind of a MAGA guy, right? Uh-huh. Like kind of a MAGA guy is like saying black right. is kind of dark. You may right? have a red hat. <laughs> he's, he's always got one on. Yeah. So anyway, he goes, you know, he, he goes, Mike, you know, you kind of irritate me sometimes because you're smack dab in the middle. Yeah. And it's not too, I mean, it's, it's pretty frequent. You'll go left. Yeah. And it's like, you sound like an idiot, but then you right. go right and you sound, but you're right in the middle. I don't understand it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like seeing all the sides there. Well, yep. <laughs> Where I go is you, you, if you're, if you're a critically minded person, mm-hmm. you cannot rest necessarily a hundred percent on either side of no, this no. current, no. the well, current conflict that again, we say was the source of the show. My basic is belief is, is split. anytime things get real funky yeah. when things get doctrinal. Yes. Right. When you start arguing from an absolute. Yes. It gets really weird. Right. Mm-hmm. Because science is always changing. Even. 
Right. Like the whole idea of critical thinking is to really inquire and start thinking and looking at stuff, right? Asking essential questions. Exactly. Duh. Yeah. So anyway, I was th- mm-hmm. so I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this progressive agenda, and and I'm sorry, AOC makes me nuts, right? Well, she's she's an easy target. She just she really is. I should just stop, but she just makes me nuts. Anyway, so but what I've seen with this whole political agenda, it's like yep. whatever was a problem, we've got the solution. We're just going to make it legal. Well. Right. Oh, we're not going to prosecute. Yeah. Make it legal or not prosecute. Not prosecute you or, or yeah, right. there's no consequence to aberrant behavior. Right. Like if it makes you feel good, go do it. Right. So here's another item, just yeah. throwing it out there before we go for a break. Cause these things always come up on us faster than we think. Yeah. Uh, author and scholar Heather McDonald has warned that radical leftists are making a power play for control of the United States. And if successful, will bring about the end of civil society. I believe that's what we just said. Uh, <laughs> says students, are taught yeah. from the moment they arrive on campus two things and two things only, which is that the most important thing about themselves is their group identity defined reductively by gonads and melanin, and that racism and sexism based on those defining features are the basis of American society. I, I got to tell you, honestly, from mm-hmm. a critical, you mm-hmm. know, that's a fantastic sentence. No, it really is. And, and if you I think I want to call her up and say, did you just come up with that spontaneously well, or, you know. And if you think about our conversations pretty around, interesting. around that little old college in just south of Cleveland, Oberlin, right. my, my favorite college on the planet, right? Yeah. That's the whole thing there. And by the way, this person, because I had never heard of her before yeah. I found this article. Yeah. She's an American commentator from Wikipedia. Yeah. And I know I trust Wikipedia like whatever, but anyway. <laughs> So Stan- Nobody ever messes with that. She attended Stanford Law School, okay. Yale University, University of Cambridge. Yeah. I mean, this is not a person who's a lightweight intellectual yeah. person. And I think that what she's saying is something that needs to be, in other words, in the context of free speech, yeah. which is another news item this week that we didn't touch on is the whole free speech thing and yeah. the c- censoring of uh, of people with differing thoughts from the, from the main agenda. Yeah, you don't want to have that because that'll get them upset and then there's no sense of humor available. Right. <laughs> Right. So anyway, we got a, a few few seconds to go, but when we come back, Rocco's going to be Rocco. here. Yeah. So, so we're going to talk to Rocco, and we're going to have a conversation with him, and w- then we're going to get into the looking at sense of humor and how it impacts the way we lead, how we do business, how right. we relate to one another. And so, we may have some laughs, and may not. No, have there will be no laughs. laughing. There's no sense of humor allowed here. <laughs> all right. So Rocco, thanks so yeah. much for 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 being here. I mean, the whole idea of this show is is really men. Uh, being authentic, uh, operating with integrity, being powerful, and making a difference in the world. And that's why I wanted to have you on. So, uh, you know, from the first time I met you, I knew this is a guy that's a, a dude. I did not know you were a skull back then. Of course, that would have been the deal closer. Right? Yeah. But, but so thanks for coming. So, you know, um, yeah. this is going to be like any, any other, unlike any other interview show, because we're probably going to be all over Hell's Half Acre and let you take the lead. And um, what is it, you know, I think most importantly, what is it, you know, so I was looking at some of your things. I'm talking a lot. I don't mean to. Um, no, like no you, you talk about hard work and mindset. These are really, really important principles that I don't think are discussed enough, right? And I, 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 I'm of the belief that it's, it's the condition of our mind and the thinking we have that informs our actions. So could you, could you talk a little bit about the mindset idea and how you came across that? Yeah, so so I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. So sure. in my mid-20s, it's yeah. really when I got into personal development. Yeah. The first major personal development book I read, it's a book that literally changed my life, is The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Okay. 
Yeah. And I don't know if you've read it. It's a really long read. It's a book I kind of re- I reread every year, just yeah. you know, touch and go. But Jeff Canfield's the chicken. The, he's a chicken, uh, chicken, chicken super the soul. Yeah, yeah. His his partner his partner in the book uh, is affiliated with my publisher. So anyway, so there's like oh, okay. two okay. steps. Yeah, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but in, in the book, there's one yeah. chapter where he it talks about accountability. Mm-hmm. And the formula he gives mm-hmm. is this: E plus R equals O, mm-hmm. and it's the event plus the reaction equals an outcome. And, and what he's talking about is. We control everything in our life because we control one of the variables. And for some reason, reading that, and I always had this math brain, mm-hmm. it just clicked and it changed my mindset. It yeah. made me realize at that point in my mid-20s, I am responsible for everything that does or does not happen in my life. So, And I've just always operated that way and, and really taken ownership of who I am, yeah. what I do, and what I want to become. Yeah. So, you're, so what I'm hearing you say is you're, you're really you know, one of the distinctions we use here is being at cause or extreme ownership or fully yeah. responsible for what goes on in your life. So does, is, is there another chapter yeah. in the book that calls that circumstance plus being offended equals something? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that one. Because yeah, there's, okay. there seems to be, that seems to be the way it's going. Oh my God, there's yeah. this thing happened to me and I'm offended. And you know, now I'm at the effect of everything. Right? Uh-huh. I'm a victim, right? I think I think that's the Barack Obama well, we model. Well, go on all over the all over the place about the, the victim mentality. It's just it's it's the most frustrating thing uh, I believe in society today. No, absolutely. Take ownership is my, is my theory. I want to go back to mindset for a second because the conversations that yeah. Mike and I have been having on the show the last couple of weeks, the the you know there's several different terms for that or other terms that maybe people can relate to, which is mindset, which is frame of reference, or as Mike calls mm-hmm. it. Uh, a, a a default setting or an actual intentional default setting, right? Which is basically context, mm-hmm. where context is key. So, this whole idea of uh, mindset, uh, I've been going through your book a little bit. I have not read your book yet, and I was going to ask you, what's the one thing you think that will make the biggest difference for people who are looking to um, to assume a mindset? And, and hang on to it. Or, you know, in other words, uh, what they say in some personal development training is uh, the main, you know, maintaining something over time and through difficult circumstances. So how, how might a person who wants to acquire a, a different mindset, uh, number one, how might they get a handle on that? And secondly, you know, how do they hang on to it once they create it? Well, great question. So I, I look at it two different ways, right? The first thing you have to understand with mindset is it's choice. You know, take happiness. You know, I believe in attitude is everything. Attitude is the one variable. If you understand that, everything else becomes easy. Yep. And it's having that right attitude. And what I always say is attitude is a choice. I can wake up every day and choose to be happy or choose to be sad, mm-hmm. choose to be frustrated, stressed. It's my choice. Right. A lot of people don't understand that because you know, coming back to the victims, mm-hmm. the victim mentality, they, they let the circumstances dictate their attitude when they can choose to have a different one. So that's the first piece. you got to understand the choice. The second one, you know, the long term, you, you can't be perfect. And I say this in my book. I don't say you have to have a positive attitude all the time. I don't get out of bed every day and click my heels and, you know, run downstairs and, and love every bit of my life. There are bad days. Your life is you not without upset? The, the, <laughs> I, I have a wife and three kids, so no, it is definitely not. Okay. <laughs> Got that one off the list. <laughs> but it's one of, 
Yeah, but, it, but it's one of those things where it's, you know, you can't be, there's no such thing as perfection in life. Right. And you're going to have bad days. But two, I think when people get into personal development and get into mindset, if they're not guided correctly, mm-hmm. I believe they think they have to be perfect. And if something goes off the rails slightly, it derails them completely. Yeah. And you've got to understand that that, you know, your rails are going to go left and right the whole journey. Mm-hmm. It's just staying close to the course. Right. And staying close to the course is, is, again, like what I'm hearing you say, is a matter of continually choosing and perhaps even what's called, we call it re-choosing. In other words, choose yeah. and choose again, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, Rocco, yeah, exactly. Uh, every, day, every day it's a choice. Yeah. You, I hear something in what you're saying. I'm really curious. What's your relationship to failure? Uh, it's, you, failure is part of life. And there's really, and I, and I believe in the yeah. cliched saying, there's no such thing as failure until you quit. You That's go. true yeah. failure when you just quit. Yep. Fail, you know, failures are learning experiences. I failed. I could sit here and talk to you guys for three days about the failures I've had in business and just in life. But that made me who I am today. They're learning experience. It's how you grow as a person. It's how you bring more value to the world. It's how you experience life. If you don't fail or take those shots, you're going to live a mediocre, average life. And that's not what I want. And I'm assuming most of your listeners out there don't want that either. Yeah. You know what I love about what you said, Rocco? It also, it, it seems to me that your relationship to failure, the not giving up, is tied also into one of the other things that's important for you is hard work. And uh, Yeah, absolutely. How, how do you, I mean, what would you say, why is it that, I, I, I am always baffled by this, but I find it like almost, epidemic levels of like people giving up, you know, like why, why do so many people give up when they run up against it? Well, I I think they don't have the fortitude to keep pushing forward. And and also if you look at, look at where society is today, yeah, you know, we have these things called phones that give us instant gratification, instant Uh everything. So people don't get the instant result. Yeah. They get frustrated because they're so used to having everything they need at their fingertips. Guess what? The stuff you want in life, the good stuff, takes a lot of freaking work. Yeah. And you've got to be willing to dig in the dirt and grind it out until you hit success. A lot of people just don't want to go through the hassle or the struggle of that uphill climb. That sounds kind of hard, Rocco. It's just that, <laughs> yeah, it, it and is. I, and it, I make it, it dirty, not, you know, and it's like, can't, can't someone do that for <laughs> You know, I, I'm being somewhat facetious. Look, you know, it, it, I wouldn't mind. But, but, but look, if, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Right. If it was easy, everybody would be successful. We'd all be driving Ferraris, have the exact life we want. No, I can't really fit in a Ferrari. That's why fewer people are successful. <laughs> I know. Hey, Rocco, <laughs> we, we're going to have to take a break. Yeah. Will, will you hang on with us for a while? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah cool. We'll, we'll hang on and we'll have a, some more conversation with you. But we got uh, we got to take a break a little bit and pay the bills. But uh, it's so great, man. Yeah. I, and I feel like we're like... I, at 13 minutes went really fast, didn't it? Yeah, like like way really fast. fast. Yeah. So it's probably because <laughs> we're not you skilled. In, we're not skilled interviewers. You know, we'll just this is show say stupid stuff. Show yeah. number 11. Yeah, not no. that we're, yeah. yeah. So Bob Pontarelli here, and I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. We'll have more Into the Gap episode highlights after a short break. Into the Gap is on a quest for bringing self knowledge right up against the glass of the great display window of life. We're also on a quest for advertisers to support this podcast, our weekly radio show, and our unfiltered podcast. If you'd like to get more information and inquire about rates, 
please contact me at bob at intothegapmedia.com. There's a reason spiders and ants are called pests, and getting rid of them can get a little messy for the environment. Get the job done safely with Ecotech Pest Control. Following the principles of integrated pest management, Ecotech will ensure your home or business is free from all those unwanted visitors today and offer you solutions and advice to keep them from coming back tomorrow. Schedule your service appointment today at ecotechpestcontrol.com. Mention Into the Gap and get a 10% discount. Ecotech Pest Control, protecting our environment together. This is Into the Gap, the podcast, where we bring you highlights of our radio show, which airs every Saturday at 1 o'clock Central Time on WCGO AM and FM. We also recently introduced the Into the Gap Unfiltered podcast, where we power wash the dingleberries of negativity hiding out in all those deep blue ripples that too often slow us down and keep us down. Find it, rate it, and subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Our latest episodes are also available on SoundCloud at Into the Gap Media and our website, intothegapmedia.com. Okay, back to the show now. Here's Mike. There's a couple different things we can go here, Rock, because clearly we're not going to mm-hmm. have enough time. But one of the things I, I want to uh, touch on is this idea of bringing kindness to business. And, you yeah. know, I, I watched your, uh, your talk again. And... Uh, yeah. You know, every time you watch it, you pick some other stuff up. And uh, other than you made reference to Sean Aker and, and uh, Jonathan Haidt. And uh, I didn't catch mm-hmm. that the first time. I actually know Sean. So, uh, okay. He's down from Indianapolis. So, uh, but yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Could you talk a little bit about the idea of bringing kindness to, uh, to the workplace and to business? Because that's, that doesn't seem like the go to for many people. You know, I just, I just had a discussion yesterday with a potential client about this, and yeah. it, the overarching piece of that discussion was the fact that I get asked to speak on stage or get paid to speak about kindness mm-hmm. baffles me, because yeah. that's something we're taught in kindergarten, and <laughs> as adults, we lose it. Mm-hmm. And when I talk about kindness, I'm, I'm talking about treating people with decency, mm-hmm. honesty, integrity, and respect. Mm-hmm. Those are the values that were instilled in me as a kid. Yeah. Treat everybody with respect, be it the CEO or the janitor. That's how, I, how I've always operated. And when I talk a lot about kindness, it's about giving your time to someone. Yeah. And I, I can frame it with lawyers, right? Mm-hmm. We're taught to be these adversarial type people. Our time is money. You need to pay me mm-hmm. for me to give you my time. I approach the practice of law completely from the opposite perspective where I look at it as I'm willing to help out anybody I can and give my time. That's my investment in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And if I can't help that person, I can point them to someone that probably can. I've always been willing to do that. And that's what has really taken my career from the beginning stages to where I am now. It's just, it's a simple principle, mm-hmm. but people get too caught up in themselves yeah. in the way they think they're supposed to operate in business, this inauthentic way of operating, mm-hmm. where if you just you know give people your time, treat people with respect, it's very simple to be successful in business, in my opinion. Yeah. I want to throw in a uh, distinction here as well, and that is what I'm hearing is, is that kindness is not, quote-unquote, nice or niceness. No. <laughs> very good distinction. You're exactly right. See, that, 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 well, you know what? No. That's the thing people, people get yeah. confused. Exactly. You know, I have conviction. I have. I have my. I have my own rules. Mm-hmm. My own frame of reference. My mm-hmm. own. Uh, you know, 
laws I abide by, and I'm not a pushover. I'll stand my ground for those rules, the people that I'm in charge of, the people I work with. Mm-hmm. But I do it with decency and respect. Yeah, right. The thing I love that's the difference. People confuse kindness with niceness, and it's not the same. No, it's not. And and the thing that I love that you point to is the authenticity. There, there's very yeah. little authenticity in niceness, at least my experiences. Right. You know, uh, and there's yeah. It, 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 it's, yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's. Uh, you know what I also hear too in in the act of kindness in a business environment. There's also an element of vulnerability, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. Because as a leader, mm-hmm. right? To be, I think the best way a leader can operate to inspire the masses or mm-hmm. inspire the people they are in charge of mm-hmm. is to be vulnerable, to let them know they're human. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm not without faults. I'm not without flaws. I will make mistakes. Yeah. I'm imperfect as a person. When you do that as a leader, you relate to others very well, and they start to trust you. Yeah. And when you treat people with that common decency and respect, that garners trust even more. And when these employees trust you, that's when a business really takes off because, and I, I say it in my talk, that's where the fear of consequences are removed. Mm-hmm. When they trust leadership because they're authentic and they treat them with decency, dignity, and respect, they're not afraid to go outside the box and try things for the business because they don't fear the consequence. Yeah, that's brilliant. And that changes culture of businesses. It really does. What I'm also hearing is um, is that it's almost like niceness or being nice is a default setting and kindness goes back to what you said earlier about choice. It's mm-hmm. a, And people kind of know the authentic part is, is that people know or can sense that you're consciously choosing kindness and I don't even know why I'm saying that. I'm just, yeah. how it's occurring to me yeah. in the conversation, you know? So, no, you're right. And yeah. I think people can be very inauthentically kind. Right. I would, maybe that's what the best way to put it, but yeah. I, I've watched people where when I, when I now use the giving time example, right? Mm-hmm. My, I always say my default is, is I'm always willing. If someone calls me up and says, Hey, I need to talk to you. And if I have the time, I'm going to give it to them. Without any expectation of anything in return. Mm-hmm. That's one way that I choose to be kind to others. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that do that same thing, and they pretend they're trying to be kind to help this person, but they're really waiting for what's in it for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where the inauthentic There's some ag- There's some agenda there. Yeah. And then that's kind exactly. of gross when you when you engage with someone like that. You know? It's like, oh, geez. Yeah. I, just, I just got slimed. You can slimed. feel it. It feels yeah. dirty. Yeah. Well, it's only gross if you know you're doing it. No, it's gro- no, it's gross when, you get, when it, it's gross when it gets happened to you. Right, right. You know? Oh, okay, right. When, when someone when does you're, it to you? when you're the receiver. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. I thought you were talking about when you know you're the perpetrator, and then I thought, no, oh, it's hey, the other yeah. way too, man. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, sure. of course it's yeah. gross when you're doing it, but when yeah. you're getting slimed, it's like, oh, dude, I didn't sign up for this. Right. You know. Sure. And, yeah. Exactly. And then what ends up happening? You know, I can tell because I, 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 you know, Rocco, kind of like you, I'm pretty easy going, and I'm, I'm like, kind of a yes mm-hmm. until I have no reason not to. And I've had the experience of getting slimed a few times. And, and, and what I do is I typically cut them off like right away. Like I'm like, dude, you're, this yeah. isn't going the way, you know? And, and th- then it can, can create a whole new opportunity, you know? You know, here's, here's the thought too, uh, Rocco, about this, like this whole yeah. idea of getting slimed, right? Because yeah. Mike and I are always talking about, uh, as you, as I'm sure you do, uh, which is that 
standing for something, right? Where, where when something pops up, mm-hmm. you don't let it, you don't step over it. You say, well, hold, hold, hold on a second. I got this impression you're slamming me for a second or whatever the term is, right? Yeah. And it's stopping, mm-hmm. it's stopping the conversation or stopping whatever exchange you're in and saying, well, wait a minute, I want to make sure we cover something. And yeah. then you actually address that versus leaving a meeting and going, you know, I got this slime right. thing happening right. and blah, 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 blah. And then yep. it becomes this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Becomes the, uh, yep. you know, the fly in your soup later in the day, you know? So I got a question. And yeah, it's, I'm, it, I'm all, go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish up, Rocco. Go ahead. No, you're, you're, you're right. Like I, I always address it. Yeah. I'll face it head on. Like I, I'm never one to pull punches. I'm very aware of who I am as a person. I'm not going to let that fly. I'm going to address it. If I, if I know that's happening to me and someone's trying to take advantage of me or looking at that or has that hidden agenda, mm-hmm. I'll call them out on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm, I won't let it fly. Well, like in the, in the, in the world of quote unquote, big business, which I get this impression by the way, cause we've never spoken before. I've just been introduced to you, mm-hmm. but I, my impression is, is that there's an alignment between the three of us right now about what's not working in the quote unquote corporate world mm-hmm. and the, you know, dominance and submission that goes on and the, you know, the air, you know, on the one hand you have this extreme arrogance that could be happening. And then on the other hand, you've got what Mike calls begging, which is a whole other conversation, by the way, yeah. but you know, it's, which is, you know, a groveling in front of somebody. Right. And there's this idea of yeah. having, yeah, of having balance, right. Or hustling. Another Harmony. version of that is hustle. Right. You know, some people are a little yep. too proud to beg, but they're mm-hmm. not too proud to hustle. Right. Know? Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so Rocco, I, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, and then this question's coming out of left field, but it's it's really come what we're yeah. gonna ta- what we want to talk about today or bring to light today is sense of humor. And I, I want to know how yeah. does kindness in the workplace and and the alpha way in the workplace how does that fit in with a sense of humor? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> and he answers with a la- <laughs> five thousand. What's that? There's five thousand lawyer jokes. There's five thousand lawyer jokes. I know. Here, so I have to have a sense of humor in my profession. I know. Look, I, I believe you know sense of humor plays a part in everything. You cannot take life too seriously. Really? And I feel like. Do you watch? And do you ever watch MSNBC? Do you ever watch that? Yeah, do, I have. Do you ever yeah, see Mika Brzezinski? She has no sense of humor. <laughs> I'm sorry. <Right>. Technocrats. <laughs> technocrats <laughs> don't have a sense of humor. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> They're not capable. Otherwise, here's, they wouldn't be technocrats. The, yeah. <laughs> the, the way I look at sense of humor is, is take away all the crap from the world. We actually live in a pretty, pretty amazing time. Yes, we do. We, we can do amazing things in this world, and you have to be able to look at it and enjoy it. And part of enjoying that is having a sense of humor to laugh at yourself, to laugh at things in the world, and not take life too seriously. Yeah. The cliche saying goes, we don't get out of this alive. Right. So. Why be so serious? Yeah. And I think, and I've watched in organizations I've been a part of or that I've worked with and I've done training in, when the, the leadership at the top has that sense of humor yeah. and they don't take themselves too seriously, yeah. the entire culture of an organization is completely different yeah. and conducive to progress, creativity, and you know, exponential growth. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just a different way of operating. It's so important. Yeah. For, for everybody in the audience, Mike brought up earlier, uh, Southwest airlines. And if anybody, you know, out there is yeah. flown on Southwest airlines, you realize, you know, this is like a humor is, is part of their program. It's part of their brand. Yes, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
And yeah. people identify with that, you know, obviously. Yeah. No, exactly. Identify well, the company. You know what it does? It, it, fun. I think the whole idea of sense of humor, it connects us all in our own humanity. You know, when we laugh, we're just yeah. connected as humans. So, hey, brother, thank you so yeah. much for being on, man. I, uh, it's been great to have you on. It's been a real joy to be with you. And uh, how can, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. How can people get you if they want to get your book or they want to reach out and touch you, hire an attorney? Get you for speaking, yeah. I mean, all you, the buy your yeah. olive oil, all that stuff. How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, you're, there are two, two websites you can go to. Either my my personal website, which is just roccocoza.com, yeah, my first and last name dot com, or my my law firm website is cozalaw.com, c o z z a l a w dot com. Cool. Those are the two places you can find out everything you need to know about me. I'm also very active on Instagram as well. Okay. Uh, my username there is just the Rocco Coza, all one word, but. Happy to help out anybody. If you know, feel free to reach out to me, pick my brain for anything. You know, that's how I operate. All right, brother Rocco. Pleasure to meet you. I haven't had the pleasure yet until now, so thank you very yeah. much. Uh, pleasure to meet you. And by the way, uh, we, we will taste your olive oil live on the show at any time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will send you guys. A we gotta like go. <laughs> bye. All right, Thanks, Rocco. Take <laughs> care. Bye. See you. Bye. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Into the Gap, the podcast, where we bring you highlights of our weekly radio show, which airs Saturdays at 1 o'clock Central Time on WCGO AM and FM, Evanston, Chicago. We also recently introduced the Into the Gap Unfiltered podcast, where leadership, lifelong learning, and critical thinking are leveraged in the service of freedom and liberty. Find it, rate it, and subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. The latest episodes of that podcast, and this one too, are available on SoundCloud at Into the Gap Media and on our website, intothegapmedia.com. If you'd like to get in touch with questions, comments, or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities, please email me at bob at intothegapmedia.com. Let's go back to the show now. Here's my partner, Mike Sherrick. It was funny. I was talking to somebody this week, and uh, I... uh... They were asking me about my business, like, you know, it was a marketing guy, guys yeah. books and stuff and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. And, and, you know, he had me think like, w- like, who do I say yes to and who do I say no to, or who do I go after? Or who do I ignore? You know, as far as clients, right? Yeah. And I thought, you know what the common denominator is with all my clients? It's really weird. They all got soul. Cause they're, if you look at them, like just from the measurements, they're yeah. all over the map. Right. You know? I mean, they're, they're all in business, but. But they all got soul, you know? Yep. And, and, um, and, and that's, I think, I don't know if that's the right word, soul, but, but there's a humanity to them, you know? I think humor is a sign that you have a soul. Oh, yeah. I think absolutely. when somebody's got a sense of humor, you immediately yeah. relate to them yeah. as, as, as a spiritual being with a soul, a kind of a thing. Well, you do know, you know I what, don't know why I'm Do you know what else there is, though? With people neck, that have soul, definitely a sense of humor. Yeah. But they also got an edge. Like it could get ugly. Right. Like, you know, well, it takes courage to have humor. Yeah. So the yeah. edge, the edge maybe I'm hearing is, 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 is a kind of courage. Yes. I didn't even think that. I didn't even connect a sense of humor with like a little bit of an edge. Yeah. You know, like, boom. Like, yes. Don't go there. Right. I kind of this really cool conversation this week with, um, you know, someone I'm working with mm-hmm. about the difference between sacred cows yeah. and non-negotiables. Yes. We touched on this briefly this week. Yeah, go ahead. Right? This is good. Yeah. And, and it's just, I was like, wow, man. So non-negotiables are like values that you're not going to step over that doesn't work, right? right? And sacred cows are all these limiting beliefs and things that are like dumb 
right. that we hold. Like, so I had this one, like I had this one boss, you couldn't say certain things around him, right? Yeah. Because he would, he was nuts. Right. Right. <laughs> and so. Because he was nuts. Because he was nuts. And so everybody was, you know, walked around very carefully not to say certain things whenever right. he was around, right? Right. So cer- certain topics were ignored. Yes. And other topics were input that were stupid topics. Right. right. Like, yeah. oh, you had to give them, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was just, I just realized, it, and, and they had this whole big thing on the wall there mm-hmm. of the 14 non-negotiables, of which about eight were sacred cows. Right. Right. And it was like, wow, that's why it didn't work. Right. It was crazy. I don't think that a person or an entity or a corporation, whatever, can have sacred cows if they're being vulnerable. I think that- Oh, no, of course. I yeah, think, that's a great idea. Right? Yeah. Which is like, if you're constantly protecting, yeah. you know, the vulnerability just ain't there. No, that's know? so- and and likewise, if you're operating from a place of courage, yeah, there's no sacred cows, right? Right, because you you don't have to protect anything, yeah. And and so, and I think that's where a sense of humor comes in. Is mm-hmm. a sense of humor is really kind of an opening of the kimono, right? yeah, an opening of the soul, right? A, a letting the light in and the light out, right? You had to open the kimono. Oh, I didn't mean. Oh my god, <laughs> uh, I didn't mean anything by it. I really didn't. Oh my god. You know, I, I had a boss that was his whole thing is let's open a kimono. I, I want to take a moment to yeah. represence as I like to use this term represence, but I guess it's to bring, bring it back into view, which is the purpose of the show, which is yeah. that, you know, you and I were having these coaching conversations yeah. and, and we suddenly realized, wow, this could be of value to other people mm-hmm. if we just did this openly and in yeah. public, right? Yeah. On the one hand. But then the background conversation for that is you and I started in those conversations, you and I identified all the stuff that's going on mm-hmm. right now yeah. that is that it really is an op- it's 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 op- oppressive to a human soul, mm-hmm. which is, you know, political correctness mm-hmm. and you know people not being able to express their feelings about something or their views yeah. about something for fear of whatever. So, so this show is we're hoping or we're intending, we should say we're intending cause I'm not going to use hope, yeah. but we're intending that the show is a bulwark against, yeah. you know, that, that people find their voice through our conversation that they find their voice yeah. and that they exercise their free speech. Yeah. Well that's, you know, Rocky Rocco actually said it, man. Yeah. Rocco was talking about, uh, I forgot what exactly what he was saying, but he said, you know, um, it's all about choice, right? Yeah. And he also mentioned about what a great time we really live in. I mean, the power of our phones and yeah. things like that, right? Right. So there's a lot of stuff that's working. Mm-hmm. And then there's this narrative that really is soul-sucking and, and life-destroying, right? And so it's like we get to choose mm-hmm. what informs our actions, what informs our mindset, what informs our, our commitments. Yep. And it's through that... P- and so all there is to do is to choose and choose and choose and choose and choose. Right. And stand and stand and stand. And sometimes it's not the most popular choice. Right. Sometimes you get a little blowback. Well. That's okay. That's the thing. And we and you and I struggle with this, and I'm just going to be open about this too, mm-hmm. for the sake of the spirit of the show. And mm-hmm. that is you and I struggle all the time with uh, the sacred kimono. You know, like how do we, how do we, how do we, how do we maintain an edge mm-hmm. on the show mm-hmm. and not divorce ourselves from a whole audience that just throws their hands up and goes, oh, I know what those guys are about. They're like this yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to listen to them or they're, they're, you know, they develop an opinion mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. versus 
which is staying in the inquiry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Remain in this inquiry. Well, I, with I, us, I right? think what's cool is we're never right about anything, <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, we're not selling anything. We're selling the idea of maybe you should look. Right. You know, but we're not selling anything. We're, 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 this is a conversation about curiosity, about inquiry, about right. what's the question thing you were talking about in critical thinking? There's the- The art of asking essential questions. Yeah, that. That's yeah. an art form, by Exactly. The way. And it's, and why is it an art form? Uh, I'm just going to take it a little step further, sure. if I may. An art form is something that involves practice. Yeah. It's not like a one-off thing. No. It's practice. It takes practice to ask questions, mm -hmm. you know, that are essential to whatever that particular subject is yeah. that you're taking on, right? Yeah. I, I used to, I so, used to, when you say that, Bob, it's just, it makes me laugh. I used to train coaches, right? Yeah. And it was one of the, one of the greatest things that I ever had the honor to do because um, if you want to get good at something, train people that don't know what the hell you're doing. In, in what you're trying to do. In what, what you're, you're trying, trying to do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so you get really good at it, you know, and you get good because you see sometimes brilliance, but oftentimes train wrecks, right? Yeah. And it's, it really is, you notice how, how questions sometimes get hard because all of a sudden something happens where people are, they lose sight of curiosity. There's, there, they, some agenda takes over, some. I got to get this right takes over. Oh, I, I, there's something I, and instead of, I don't want to really ask him for what I want. I want to go around it this way. Right. Well, yes. And if I might add, Mike, because you and I have had a coaching experience now, mm -hmm. it goes back quite a few months now. Yeah. It's coming up almost to a year. Is it really? Yeah. August. Yeah. August, yeah. And, uh, and I just want to say that there are many, many layers to the onion. Oh yeah. Oh man. You peel back one thing and then what? Oh no. Oh <laughs> I, I love, I love whatever's that question and you got that answer that's, it's like oh. stunned silence and to make Bob silent is a difficult task. So <laughs> that's very good. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Once uh -oh. I shut up, you should be worried. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Hey, uh, we're wrapping it up. Uh, I really want to say thanks to Rocco for, yeah, he's, was... he's not here now, but I'm sure he'll listen to this and I really want to say thanks. He's a great guest. A couple of things. Number yeah. one. Please consider partnering with us yeah. and, and having this show, you know, expand and grow. Yeah. Number one. Number two, I want to mention, we're going to start. We're starting a, a podcast, right? starting a podcast yeah. uh, this coming Monday, and we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about Mr. Jeffrey Epstein. Yes. So that that's going to be juicy. And, and, and. <laughs> The ramifications of an Eps, of an Epstein. Yeah, you and, know? and what and, really is Epstein, going on behind it, it. Like really the mindset. The mindset behind it. So Yeah. And the structures that hold that stuff in place. Yeah. Like there, there's a whole bunch of infrastructure underneath corruption. Well I want to go there. I think it's a mindset that. that's kind of been gradual over many, many years. Yeah. That, that I really want to look at. And it has a lot to do with men. So all right. Thank you, sir. We're out and of here. And thanks, everybody. Later, guys. Thank you. Have a great day.